Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the maker of great tasting protein bars. They are available in over 16 different flavors, both nut and nut free. And for a limited time, you can get $10 off your first order of Built Bar when you enter the code LOCKEDON at checkout at BuiltBar.com. Check them out, BuiltBar.com. So today we are going to kick off a two-part show. Uh, what we are doing on the Lockdown Network is we're doing a time machine series where we go back to a specific year and we just kind of talk about the different memories that we have of that year. So for this first show, initially I was planning on doing this, this uh, first season in the Time Back series as a one, just a single show, but because it went over in time, I'm actually going to break it up into two shows. Now, just to kind of give you a little background here, my guest for this show, for the two, for the Time Back Machine for 2007, is Paul Dottino. Paul Dottino, of course, is the WFAN Giants beat reporter. He is a member of the Giants broadcasting crew. And he was right there in the thick of things, traveling around during the 2007 postseason. Just, just a magical time. I was traveling back in the day. And uh, we actually start our, our uh, memories of that season So in today's show, Paul and I are going to talk about the last two uh, regular season games. They were against Buffalo and then, of course, the Week 17 game uh, against the Patriots in which the Giants very nearly ruined the Patriots' perfect season that year. Then we're going to uh, spend the rest of the show talking about the wild card against Tampa Bay, the divisional playoffs against Dallas, and of course the NFC title game against Green Bay. Then on tomorrow's show, I'm going to air for you the entire segment on the Super Bowl. Some great memories Paul and I were able to swap, you know, some of which we both knew about, some of which we were learning about for the first time. Some, not only some stuff from the games, but also from behind the scenes. And really hope you enjoy this particular uh, topic that we have covered. So, um, Without any further delay, I'm going to kick off the interview with Paul Dottino, WFAN Giants beat reporter and member of the Giants broadcast team, and hope you enjoy it. And Paulie, thank you so much for joining me. Glad to do it, Patty. I think the only thing that bothers me when I hear the words uh, time machine, I think that we're both getting pretty old. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself, my friend. (laughs) There you go. But uh, anyhow, Paul, let's let's start off with the regular season. Now, I know I go back and I think about that that regular season, and it just seemed to me like it was mostly a blur, except for the last two games of the year. I don't know. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I, I really do, Patty. Because the postseason run, the four game road warrior run, when they won the Super Bowl and obviously you know knocked off the undefeated Patriots. That's what dominates all the memories from the 2007 season. There are a few isolated ones that that kind of uh, come to the forefront about the season. I mean, obviously, the the goal line stand against the Redskins in week three. Uh, And then to me, 
the last two games of the regular season, the, the horrible weather in Buffalo uh, when Bradshaw, you know, really makes his mark uh, with that huge run. And then the Patriots game, obviously, when they went for the 16-0 and and they were able to succeed in just an incredible ball game uh, at the old Giant Stadium. It's like those two games and then the four games in the postseason, that's what sticks out. And it's amazing to me because so many of those memories are incredibly vivid that it's almost like if you have only so many megabytes in your computer, most of the megabytes go to those six games, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, before we got to those those six games, I mean, the, you mentioned the one in Buffalo. Now, I didn't travel f- for that one. I, I don't think I don't know if you did or not. No. I remember that one vividly. And, and, and for me, the, the memories really pop in with that Bradshaw run, because at that point, you just kind of figured. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't they clinch a playoff berth with that game? Yeah. 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 That is, and, follow- and it was it was impressive. If you remember. Uh, it was a very tight ball game. In fact, as I recall, Mar- Marshawn Lynch, you know, had scored a touchdown, and the Giants were down going into the fourth quarter. And I think it was Kavika Mitchell came up with with a pick and, and ran it in. And it was it was just one of many clutch plays that Kavika Mitchell made during the course of the season. And he gave the Giants a lead, but it was still nip and tuck. To be honest, I don't think that the Giants really played a great game that day. And it was one of those weird games where it was sunny, then it was raining, then it was sleeting. I've talked to Bradshaw about this multiple times. We had never seen, uh, or he certainly had never played in a game that had three different types of weather in such a short period of time. But, but, his memorable 88-yard touchdown run, which really broke the game open midway through the fourth quarter. That's what really, in my mind, put Ahmad Bradshaw you know, to another level. And his, his ferocity and the, the power uh, with which he ran, despite being a rather diminutive size, uh, really uh, helped the, the emotions and the mentality of, of the Giants as they love to embrace that underdog role. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they took that underdog role into the following week's weekend's game against the Patriots. Now, as you remember, the Patriots undefeated. They were coming in. Everybody thought, okay, you know what? The Giants don't have a snowball's chance in Hades. Um, matter of fact, as I recall, the stadium was mostly filled with Patriot fans who had traveled down from, yes. from the Boston area. And uh, I, I can remember talking to Brandon Jacobs about it and him saying that, you know what? We were pissed off because their fans were invading our house and you know there's something yes there's something to be said for hospitality but we were in no mood to be you know hospitable that day yeah no doubt you know what i remember most about that uh patty earlier in that week um you know there was a ton of media speculation what are the giants going to do and i had some players had told me oh tom tom plans to, to play this game for real He's he's gonna he wants to win this game and and he he's he's going to win the game. I mean, if at all possible, and you know, I believe the guys. It wasn't like I didn't believe them, but there was still so much speculation in the days leading up to that game that it was almost like you know, are they putting on a show? Or are they not putting on a show? Or, you know, are they saying this to be nice? Are they saying this to be? And it was like, no. If you knew Tom Coughlin, okay. If you if you knew Tom. 
You knew when he said on Wednesday, we're playing to win the game. When he said that, you knew that that was legit. And, and I was just, I was so impressed because I understood what he meant by that. The, the Giants had no intentions of pulling any of their guys out of that game unless for some strange reason the Patriots had turned it into a blowout. And, and if, if, if late in the second half, if they were getting steamed, then Coach Coughlin was going to pull some of his starters out and save them for the playoffs. But, but unless the, the, the result was pretty much assured, he wanted to win that game in the worst way. He did not want the Giants to go down in history as a team that allowed the Patriots to, quote, easily get that 16-0. and and what a game that turned out to be. I mean, to be honest with you, Patty, I, you know, Sam Madison doesn't pull up lame in the fourth quarter on that, that bomb to Randy Moss. I'm not so sure that the Giants don't beat them that night anyway. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, more importantly, Paul, that was the catalyst for their incredible Super Bowl run because the Giants coming off that field that day, you know, uh, and and I know this from – researching this for my book that's coming out in September. Um, just spoiler alert for those who, who might be planning to read it. Brandon Jacobs had said, you know, hey, we wanted to find out what, what being, you know, unbeaten was all about. And, and we saw them play and we figured that's what unbeaten is. And Chris Snead telling me about how some of his friends from the Patriots were saying, God, we hope we don't see you again in the playoffs. I mean, it, it was just, it was the catalyst for, for, you know, so much because it gave the Giants such a high level of confidence. Not that they weren't confident before, but that was the tipping point, I thought, in the, in just that whole setting up for that postseason run. Patty, in those days, I was with ESPN Radio in New York, and I remember going down to the locker room after the game, and I had so, I'm literally, I'm talking like a handful of guys, not just one or two guys, but a handful of guys, and I will tell you, one of them was Sam Madison, who had who had pulled up on that, on that one play with, with a leg injury, but I remember, I, I, Sam may have been the first guy that I talked to in the locker room that day, and I said, um... If you get these guys again, it's a different story. There's no doubt. And, and, and he could not have agreed with me more. And several other players told me off microphone, okay, because they didn't want to sound boisterous. They didn't want to sound as though, you know, sour grapes or anything else. Um, I would talk to guys and off mic, they would say to me, oh, yeah, if, let's get them again. Oh, we'll, we'll play them again. We know we, we know we can beat them. You know, and they wanted the Patriots in the Super Bowl a month later. There was no question in their minds. That's the team that they wanted to play in Arizona. Uh, on Mike, guys were competent. They were respectful and they were proper. They had to be. That was the mentality of a Tom Coughlin team. Be respectful, be professional. Off Mike, uh, I, I had guys who just could not wait to play them again in a rematch. And so I had tremendous confidence as I talked to them. And I mean, I watched the game. Anybody who watched the game knew that the Giants had every ability in the world necessary to beat the Patriots. And so why wouldn't you give them an opportunity to win the rematch? It still boggles my mind when the Giants got there a month later to Arizona, how people still considered them an improbable underdog. I, I don't get it. All you had to do was look at that game at Giants Stadium, and you knew they had a chance to win. 
Yes, they did. And we're going to talk about that game coming up in segment three. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we got to go through the playoffs first, Paulie. I mean, some good stuff there. So, folks, stay (laughs) with us. We will be right back. Hey, Giant fans. If you're like me, every so often you crave something sweet in between meals. And when I get that sweet tooth craving, I satisfy it with a Built Bar. Built Bars come in 16 amazing flavors and deliver all the sweetness of a candy bar without the high sugar or calorie contents. Covered in 100% chocolate, Built Bars deliver a healthy dose of protein and fiber that holds you over in between meals. To give you an example, my personal favorite flavor, Mint Brownie, contains 15 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, and is only 110 calories. And now, for listeners of the Locked On Giants podcast, you can try the amazing nut and nut-free flavors Built Bar offers. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Paul Dottino. He is the Giants beat reporter of WFAN, a member of the Giants broadcast team. And we are in a time machine. We are going back to 2007, specifically the end of the season, because quite frankly, as Paulie and I uh, talked about in the beginning of the program, the first few games were kind of a blur, but oh my goodness, the second part or, or the, the tail end of that season Woo, what is what a what a time. And we're gonna kick it off with the playoffs. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the wild card, the uh, divisional and the NFC championship. And basically, Paul, I, I know you traveled to all three of those games, as did I, and we were talking it was so funny all how four it, was it turned out to be Patty. Don't well, forget the Super Bowl. To, I know, we'll get to the Super Bowl. We gotta we gotta get to the we gotta get okay. there first. But but um you know, it, it the thing that kind of jumps out at me first, besides the, the you know the football, was the difference in weather. You know, it's like we went from sunny Tampa to okay uh. in Dallas, and then to freezing cold in in, in Green Bay. But your thought, what were some of the things that stuck out to you during the, that that stretch leading up to the Super Bowl? Well, I, I will tell you, Patty, I, I had thought going into the playoffs after receiving the confidence that I had uh, gotten from the Giants in that game against the Patriots that, okay, uh, they'll probably get New England in the rematch in the Super Bowl. The question is, are they going to get there? And to me, the biggest hurdle was going to be in the second playoff game at Dallas. I had thought all along that that was the game that was going to determine who the Super Bowl champion was going to be because I thought the Giants and or the Cowboys had a chance to beat the Patriots. I really did believe that. And to me, that was going to be the Super Bowl, the pseudo-Super Bowl, if you will. So I will tell you that, you know, it was always going to Dallas that, that I had uh, the most intensity about because I thought that was going to be the Giants' toughest hurdle. As it turned out... Uh, you know, it certainly was a formidable uh, game that day. I think the other the other two things that really stick out during those three playoff games that would be Tampa, Dallas, and Green Bay. It would be so easy 
to talk about the Green Bay game and the frigid weather. Look, the Giants dominated that game. It never should have been that close. Lawrence Tynes had trouble kicking field goals. We, we all know that. Obviously, he made the one that counted in overtime. But the Giants dominated that game. It would have been a sin had they coughed it up. You know, remember Bradshaw in the, four, in the fourth quarter has a touchdown run that they call back on a phantom hold against Chris Snee. So aside from Tides missing some field goals earlier, you had a touchdown that the Giants had pulled off the board. That game should have been a double-digit route and never should have gone to overtime. That's the one take I get off the Packer game. Going back to the Dallas game, the final drive of the game, and very few people remember this, uh, Michael Strahan had come out of the game after Dallas had gotten across midfield with a quad injury. And you and I both knew Michael very well. Michael would not come out of a game unless somebody literally ran him over with about five buses and then backed up those five buses again to keep him out. Stray had to come out of that game, and Dave Pollison comes in. And Tolly winds up playing the final several snaps as the Giants are trying to hold on and keep Romo out of the end zone. And then obviously he gets picked off by R.W. McQuarters. And I remember my thought immediately after the Giants won the game wasn't about, oh, wow, they're going to Green Bay. Isn't that something? My first thought was, Strayan couldn't finish this game. How badly is he hurt? And are, are we going to see him in Green Bay? So that was that was a particular memory that comes to mind about the Dallas playoff game. And going backwards again the week before, Strahan, I, I remember talking to him. I went up to him. It was him and I alone at his locker after the game in Tampa. Uh, the media had pretty much cleared out. I just went up to him, and he was still getting dressed. And I said, hey, old man, you just turned back the clock. And he laughs, you know, with that big gap-toothed smile of his. Oh, buddy, buddy, what are you talking about, buddy? I said, Michael. You absolutely kick butt today. I swear to God, you must be 27 years old all over again. He was dominant. The pressure that he applied on Jeff Garcia during the course of that game. I, I just thought Michael, Michael may have played his best game of the season to that point in that Tampa Bay game. He really just made Garcia a mess in the pocket. And, uh, you know, I was so happy for him. Because we all know how Michael had, had thought about retiring and then did come back to play that final season. And, uh, boy, he was, he was just kicking butt right there. That was something, man. I, I tell you, there were a couple things. You know, I, I'm thinking, in addition to the football, because the football w was tremendous, I, I think of some of the off-field memories. Like, do, I don't know if you were there, but the night before the Tampa game, remember we – I. I I can't remember if you were there, but we had this big gathering, all the writers gathered, and and uh, it was so funny because we had such a big debate. It was at the Steakhouse. Were you at that, that gathering? No, no, Patty. You know, I, I, again, I was with ESPN at the time, and I was flying solo on everything. Ah, I was my own engineer. Okay. I was setting up my equipment. I was setting up the hotels. Right, I was right, setting up you, the restaurant in terms you, of where we were going to do pregames and postgame shows. I was truly a one-man band. I was, uh, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, that so entire postseason, boy, Selman's. it was an accomplishment. Yeah, you were at Leroy Selman's now that I think about it. That's where That's you correct. did your show. And we, we were at a steakhouse across the way, and we were just talking about, you know, it, it's funny. We were we were mapping out, you know, how the Giants would might fare in the postseason, and we all felt confident that they would roll over Tampa Bay. We didn't see Tampa Bay as as the uh, no. the big obstacle course. Dallas was the one 
that we were concerned about. But, you know, then came out word about, you know, Witten and, and Romo going off to Cabo and then, you know, Jerry Jones putting playoff tickets to the championship game on everybody's stool. And I know from talking to some of the players, once that came out, that totally pissed them. I mean, that set them off on a mission. Not that they weren't on a mission before, but they were so pissed off with the Cowboys' arrogance that they just were not going to be denied. You know, Patty, it's interesting about that. Tom Coughlin made sure when he had found out the pregame that the tickets had been on the chairs or the stools in the Cowboys' locker room, he made sure that he told his players that. And I, to this day, do not know who got that information to Coach Coughlin. I've never been able to find that out. That's interesting. But uh, I'll I tell mean, you, you what. think about it, right? Yeah. Somebody had to get that to him. And, and I don't know who. Was it a TV guy or a radio guy, a network guy who may have found out what Jerry was doing in the Dallas locker room? Because, you know, Tom didn't go in there to see it. Might have been. Maybe it was a, a, a stadium worker who was a Giant fan. Could have been. But uh, whoever it was, I mean, hey, that, give that was, him a high five, right? Yeah, seriously. You know, I'm mean, hey, I mean, you had a stadium worker have Eli later, you know, when the new stadium opened, had him sign the the, uh, the post after they beat the Cowboys in their new building for the first game. But yeah, that, that was great. Paul, we're going to take a quick break. Giant fans, stay with us. We'll be back with another segment as Paul Dettino and I Share our memories from the 2007 season as part of the Time Machine Week. So stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by Paul Dettino, WFAN Giants beat reporter, member of the Giants broadcast team, and Green Bay. Let's we, let's talk a little bit more about that game. You mentioned Bradshaw's run on on the Phantom Home, and yes, I remember that vividly because I thought you were going to jump out of the window. You got so so into it, but uh, if you know, the shooting yeah. was horrible that day. By the way, aside from the fact that Plexico Burris just absolutely lit up Al Harris, yes, the, the officiating was that. terrible that day. Yes, I re- you know I remember that because Al Harris was a Pro Bowler, and um, I think he covered plaques on eight, I want to say eight of his eleven receptions that night. I can't remember. I know I looked it up for the book that I wrote, and plaques well, he got burned for over a hundred yards worth. I yes, can tell you that exactly, exactly. You know, it's, it, it it was amazing because plaques was on fire that night. I mean, for as we talk about, we can throw all the cold weather puns we want out at that, you know, for that game. And it was, you know, folks, it was cold. Trust me. We were in a hotel. I don't know if you remember the, the NFC media hotel was a block and a half away from Lambeau field. And it was so cold. It was so cold. You know, normally you'd make that walk. If it was, the weather was decent, We, we just couldn't do it. It was that bad. Pat, Patty, you know, I, I made the walk and, and I had to, I had my bag with me. I was obviously all dressed and and then uh, I, I, w- I was carrying my broadcast equipment with me as well. And I remember it was, uh, I guess, a Hilton Garden Inn was yes. just a couple, yep. you about three or four blocks from uh, from Lambeau there. And I remember making that walk and there were snow piles and ice piles all over the place. And I'm going across the parking lot uh, on the on the uh, side of Lambo did not know that the press box uh, entrance was on the other side of the field. 
Okay. So, so I'm walking through the parking lot and it, and I'm literally, I'm looking at people. One guy literally had icicles frozen that were hanging from his nose. Okay. Wow. And, and at that point, as I'm finally getting up to the steps of Lambo and I, I'm walking up and I don't realize that that's not the press entrance. It was at that point that I actually thought that I was so cold. I wanted to die. That's how wow. bad it was. And then I get up to the steps and I get up there and they're like, oh, the press entrance is around the stadium. You have to walk all the way around the block to get to the other side. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I bet you you were at that, <laughs> at that point you were probably saying to yourself, I should have taken the media bus over, right? Oh, uh, well, you we, know me, Patty. And... I know, I know. But <laughs> when we, when we, do it, I ever do things that are logical? No, I know. But it was cool because, you know, they, they did the inspection, the bag inspection before we got on the bus, dropped us right off by the door. But, okay. but you know what? Yeah, but, thanks but for rubbing remember, it in. <laughs> but but you know in terms of um after the game this is what i i remember besides the game itself what i remember is after the game you know now at lambeau field you had to go outside on like a catwalk before you could go downstairs it was yes. kind of weird at the time and i remember getting down to the locker room and the, one of the first people i ran into was kavika mitchell and I remember being very flustered because, you know, between the, the difference in temperatures and just the excitement and everything, I was so flustered. At one point, I thought I was going to pass out because I was just so it, – it, it was weird. I can't explain it. But Kavika, I remember him running to get me some water. And then, I you know, I, I, I rebounded and everything like that. But, oh, my goodness. Do you remember the scene in that locker room before, after that game? Yeah, the locker room was way down in the basement of Lambeau, and it was very small. The hallways were small, and the locker room itself was just very, very small. And I think, you know, three things that I remember so much about about that postgame locker room. Number one was Lawrence Tynes' kicking foot, which was disgustingly black and blue. I mean, his kicking foot was so grossly discolored from kicking that hard, frozen ball. It was almost nauseating. I remember that very well. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to Amani Toomer at his locker, and of course, Toomer had another terrific game, including great toe tap catch in that in that particular contest. And Toom Toom was beside himself. I I, had, I don't think I had ever seen somebody express freezing cold as Toomer did. Remember, he was a California guy to begin with, so you got to understand that was a big right. deal for him. And I remember talking to him in the locker room after the game. And he basically could not believe that they had just endured what they endured to get through and, and, and survive that cold and, of course, to win. And then I think the, the, other, the other memory from the locker room that, that will always kind of stick with me is talking to Richie Seibert after the game. Now, Richie, Richie got hurt in the game, if you recall, and, and sprained his knee. And he had to come out. and. I remember going up to Richie, much like I had gone up to, uh, to, 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 to see about Michael after the Dallas game. Richie gets hurt in the Packers game. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's a problem. Because, you know, if Rich can't play in the Super Bowl, that's, uh, that's going to be an issue. Because they really need everybody at full strength. Because they could beat the Patriots at their full strength. And I remember talking to Rich after the game, and we were discussing what had happened to him. 
And he just said to me, no, no, I, I will play. You will see me in that Super Bowl. I didn't get here not to play in that game. Yeah. Uh, but Richie, Richie was banged up pretty bad. Yeah, he, he, had, he had suffered a serious knee injury in that Green Bay game. But he was able to make it, as we all know. And what a credit to him to be able to do what he did in Arizona against that ferocious Patriots front. Yeah, I, I remember that because I remember talking with Richie as well. And uh, I, I I kind of like, you know, joked with him. I, I, I said, I said, geez, what a time for you to get injured. And he said, don't worry. He says, this is nothing. He says, I will be out there. I promise you. He, he, yeah. he, he, he and he, you know, what, what st- stood out to me is how serious he was. It wasn't like, you know, like with Richie, Richie was serious as it was, but you know, if he, if he knew you, he, he would joke around with you and kid around, but he was dead serious. He's like, Patty, there's the no guy had come back from a broken leg that I was know. shattered in three places. I mean, I was there ever any question, you know, no. that we would doubt his veracity know, uh, in terms of making seriously. it, you know what I mean? Seriously, I mean that 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 was, but just my point being is is that whole locker room they were just so they were they weren't overjoyed. If it, and I know this is going to sound funny, they it wasn't like yay yay we won. It was like yeah we won, and then right away it was okay we got to focus now on the Patriots. They got they went right into like a business mode, if you will. You're right. And they didn't allow themselves to, to over-celebrate, if that makes sense. No, you're you're absolutely right. They, they were not, uh, you know, it was more relief, I think, relief that they had survived the, the, the Antarctica type of conditions uh, to get through it. Because as I said, they dominated the game, Patty. They totally dominated the game. Had they lost the game, it just would have been criminal because they owned the Packers that day. So there was never any question as to who the better team was. No, it wasn't. And of course, the other thing I remember, and before we get to the Super Bowl in segment three, is I remember the trip home because you and I were both on the same flights. And I remember we had, after being up late, because I think that game, I don't know about you, but I don't, I know I didn't get to bed till like one o'clock that morning. We had to be up. Who sleeps after a playoff game, Patty? Come on. Well, (laughs) <laughs> You're talking to someone who does, but but I remember we had to get up at three o'clock in the morning because we had a cab because we, you know, and, yeah. and I remember. Do you remember we opened up the airport with like nobody yeah. was in the Green Bay Airport? We actually had to wait for the gate agents to come and TSA and everything it was hilarious. And uh, I have to tell you, the one thing that stood out to me during that that thing is I've never seen somebody so chippy. I mean, you you were so jacked up. On that cab ride, here I am. I'm sitting here going, oh, I didn't get any sleep. I'm dragging. And you were like, you know, you would think that you would slept for 10 hours the way you were you were so excited. Well, you know, Patty, think of it. We knew we were going from what? Minus 20 plus below to Arizona for the Super Bowl. <laughs> we knew there were not going to be any more inclement weather games from that point forward because Arizona had a roof and we were going to be in 70 degree heat. Oh, there was a lot to be happy about. Let me tell you that right now. Indeed, there definitely was. And Giant fans, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Paul and I are going to talk about that amazing Super Bowl run on part two of the 2007 season Time Machine flashback. Hope you enjoyed part one and we look forward to talking to you tomorrow.